Well, more riveting stories like that one <laughs> coming up after the break. A dog and the mouse story was riveting. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am Micah Slasher, one half of the Slasher Brothers, and you are listening to Slasherville Radio, a little show we call Slasher. I hardly know her, where we review movies. We play a little Final Girl. It's a game show that is sweeping, nay, mopping, nay, buffing the floors of America, nay, the world. We'll talk about our crunchiest kills. We're also going to delve into that movie everybody's talking about, Terrifier 2, that may or may not have people vomiting and passing out. And I think that's it. I think all that's left for me to do is tell you what movie we're talking about this week, which is 1988's Waxwork. So we'll be doing a little Waxwork. We'll be doing a little Terrifier. But before we do anything, let me welcome to the show our very, very special guest, Alex. Hey ho! What's up, America? How are you doing, hey, Micah? Hey yo, welcome. How you been, man? Oh man, I couldn't be better. It's beautiful here. Uh, it's gonna be a beautiful week outside. We just watched uh, a movie of your picking. I want to point that out ahead of time so that none of the ire comes towards me. You're washing your and, hands on waxwork uh, before we've even talked about it. Oh no, no, I was fine. And uh, I'm excited that we're going to work into Terrifier because that was unexpected for us. Uh, we didn't, Micah and I both knew that it wasn't coming to our town to play. And then lo and behold, right before Halloween, it did. Micah actually saw that it was playing in my town and texted me. And we both went and saw it on a Saturday. And uh, we're even going to uh, play some reactions from some of the people that were in the theaters. Uh, yeah, see, yeah, we got to talk to some people after the movie. Folks, see what they thought about Terrifier. And he said, please, you know, wipe the vomit from your mouths before you speak into the microphone. So throw it up all over themselves. Yeah, we generally do four segments for this show. And that is what we're going to do today. But the third segment is going to be solely dedicated to Terrifier 2. But the it's rest, definitely worth talking about, whether you loved it or hated it. About. Yeah, and you yeah. loved the first one, correct? I liked it a lot. I liked that it was a little budget movie that had a kind of iconic killer. You know, they, they made a really memorable killer in Art the Clown. And I liked some of the lighting in the movies, and I liked how brutal it was. You it, always liked the lighting. It, it in the set movie. out to, to be a gross, brutal movie, and it did exactly that. We've done just shy of 30 episodes, and you've said you like the lighting in every one of them. <laughs> Every movie, so <laughs> this is something I look for. Uh, so I, I did not say anything about liking the lighting in the video. Dead. <laughs> you probably did. I'm sure you I'm pretty did. Pretty sure I didn't on that. There one. was some really good lighting in that. Um, definitely on Terrifier. How, definitely on the Mangler. How on earth did you come to pick Waxwork? Uh, I'd seen clips from it, and uh, you know, I recognized some of the actors. Uh, what's his name from Gremlins? And uh, David Werner, uh, who I remember mostly from Tron. Uh, what's his name from Gremlin? Zach. Zach. Zach Galligan. Zach Galligan. Yeah, yeah, that guy. So it looked like it might be a fun '80s horror movie. I think That's it all was. I, know. And I, I think it was and a I fun posted, '80s horror movie. 
I had posted clips from Waxwork on our Instagram, that scene with the vampires in that totally white room where there's the guy on the table, and yeah. uh, people had really liked that clip, so I was like, let's do Waxwork. There was some good uh, good effects, some good like physical effects in that. I really liked how his leg was you know, chained but half gone, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, oh, should we do the blurb for the movie? You know that thing where you play the uh, the movie music and we talk about what the what the plot of the film is? Uh, yeah, but are you going to actually read it or are you going to make it up? I'm just going to read it. Oh, okay, well. Now, you know, I may go off script. You never know. If, if I'm anything, it's a, I'm, I'm a wild card. You are definitely a wild card. You're a wild something. Okay, here we go. <coughs> me, me, me. When a waxwork museum comes to town, teenagers are lured to a nightmarish fates when they attend the... No, wait, not to a nightmarish fates. To nightmarish fates. Fuck, let me try it again. Oh my when God. a waxwork museum comes to town, teenagers are lured to a nightmare. God damn it, I did it again. And you're Alex. saying lured. Lured. Yeah. Lured. Here, is that is that because I don't know how to read or is that just because I'm from the South? I think it's because you don't know how to read. Where are you reading the blurb? I'm going to do this. What? <laughs> All right. Or, where? That's just like when you Google waxwork, it's the little one that pops up on the right side of the screen. All right. It's the short blurb. All right. Here we go. Let's see. Here we go. Okay. Are you ready? Hit me. When a waxwork museum comes to town, teenagers are lured to nightmarish fates when they attend the private midnight opening at the invitation of its diabolical curator. And, <laughs> and that's how it's done. Uh, oh, I, dude, thanks for, for picking up you're my You're welcome. I, you know I what? I couldn't say lured, and I kept adding an uh where there wasn't one. It's I mean, okay, the man. words are right in front of my face, but I uh -huh. fuck me. I'm kind of tired today. I woke up at like 3 in the morning last night, and I was like, I can't sleep. So I got one of those little pod vapes, you know, mm -hmm. with with uh, weed in it. And I was like, well, this will help me sleep. So I went outside and, like, started sucking on that thing. But then it was clogged, so I had to unclog it. So then I'm just, like, pulling on it. I'm like, maybe this thing's out. So I'm just like... <laughs> Taking giant inhales and uh, it's like, ah, I don't think it's got anything left. And then uh, it must have because after that I was high as a kite and I laid back in bed and, and had lots of silly ideas and fell asleep. You know, you're constantly pointing out to me that this is a family show and then you're talking about doing drugs to go to sleep. <laughs> it's legal now. It's all good. Everybody does it. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, children should smoke weed. It's no, for everybody. Children should not smoke weed. Absolutely, toddlers especially. No, toddlers. I, I, I want to see a lot of toddlers think, smoking grass. Uh, again, I'd like to point out that the uh, things said by Micah do not necessarily represent the views or feelings of Slasher. I hardly know her, nor uh, the Slasherville Network or myself. Well, you know, I'm, I've, I've been on the fence about, you know, whether weed is good or bad for me. And, you know, last night when I woke up, like, stressed, worried about shit, and then got high, and I went from stressed and worried to uh, just had the sillies and fell asleep giggling. So uh, the, that was a uh, points for weed last night. It okay. helped. I thought you were going to say I went from, uh, you know, stressed and worried to stressed and worried and high. 
that's, that's actually <laughs> no, what I thought you were going to say. No, I was just like laying there writing sketches and having ideas. Uh, came up with a character named Jack Wisecracker and wanted to do silly things for him. Uh, I want to write stories with this character, Jack Wisecracker. And I giggled myself to sleep. Well, when we're talking about uh, waxwork, there's plenty of silliness to talk about there. Yeah, what is this movie? Is this a comedy? Because it says horror comedy on the genre, but you yeah. and I never really thought this was uh, had not that comedic. I mean, it has some silly parts, none quite as silly as the, the Benson scenes in the original Town That Dreaded Sundown, but a little <laughs> bit silly. Benson scenes. Benny Hill Benson scenes? was the, the goofy oh. cop. His name was oh. Benson, the guy that drives the, the police car into the fucking pond yeah. or whatever that is. Well, uh, yeah, there were no, like, laughable parts of this. I mean, there were laughable parts. There were no, like, I didn't feel there was any effort to inject comedy into this. I mean, it was a sillier horror movie. Yeah. It was, like, I think you compared it to Goonies. It kind of had that feel of, of, you know, a lighter movie with high stakes i guess i'm gonna guess that's why it didn't make the millions they spent three and a half million on this movie it's got some names from the time it's got zach galligan from gremlins it's got uh david warner from uh tron rest in peace and he, that dude's got a fucking resume that's you know longer than my leg he's done a ton of shit and i think died this year maybe in july um who's he is he the guy that owned the waxwork yeah, Lincoln, the dude that, that runs the okay. wax work. Yeah, he was and, familiar uh, for sure. So they spent $3.5 million. They made a little over 800000 And I think a lot of that was because it wasn't sure what kind of movie to be. It's like you had the adventure of a PG movie that young adults would love. But then when they throw in that gore and heads being ripped apart and heads exploding and, and a lot of blood, they had to give it that R rating. So... Yeah, who was this movie for exactly? I'm not sure who this movie was for. It was it was an odd one. I didn't know how to feel about it the entire time. Uh, it was Zach Galligan. I'd say a a few years past his prime. I think you know Gremlins came out in like '85 or something. So, you know, I don't know what he did in that meantime. But I'm assuming this wasn't the track he thought he was on when he was in the hit Gremlins and then I guess Gremlins too. Um, yeah, I think he did Gremlins, the first one, and then did Waxwork, and then did Gremlins 2, I believe. Well, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, like, terrible or anything, but it was in no way at all what I had anticipated. Uh, I just didn't, yeah, it just, it, it just, I don't know what I thought this was, but this was not it. It did have Deborah Foreman in it, though. Which and one was she? She was the main character, the main female lead to the end. And okay, uh, who we might know. I think she's best known for uh, her role opposite Nick Cage in Valley Girl. I believe that's true, but to me and to our fans, she was best known from the movie April Fool's Day. And okay. it was, as soon as I recognized that, it was like, I could. that's all I could see. You know, John Reese davies was, was also in this. He played the werewolf. Yeah. A uh, guy uh -huh. from, uh, what, Raiders of the Lost Ark or Temple of Doom? I think oh, it was sure. Raiders He's been in a Ark. ton of shit. Yeah. And then uh. Uh, Michelle Johnson, the girl who played China. Yep. She was beautiful, and I could not, I could not place her as being in anything else i mean like i could not she looked so familiar to me and at no point like i looked through her her imdb 
and nothing stood out to me as something she was in. Yeah. And then who was that other dude? Like one of their friends. I recognized him from another scary movie, and now I can't remember. What movie what did you say in. this girl was in a movie? What movie did you say uh, the other girl was in with Nick Cage? Deborah Foreman, Valley Girl. Valley Girl, okay. This girl was in Blame It on Rio uh, and Death Becomes Her. So she was in some stuff. There's a Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise movie she's in. but yeah. And she looks so familiar, but I got nothing. Uh, go on, I'm sorry. Oh, it was Tony. That's who I'm thinking of. Dana Ashbrook was the actor's name. And what was he? Oh, he was from fucking Twin Peaks. Firewalk with me. Oh, really? He was... Yeah, yeah. He, you know, like, I wish you wouldn't have died so soon because, you know, it was also unclear to me whether these were normal kids or rich assholes. They were clearly uh -huh. rich, but I couldn't... Right. I didn't... At the first, it was like, oh, do we hate them? Was is this like a kind of a cruel intentions kind of privileged children that we're not supposed to like, or are these like people that we're supposed to care about? I thought in the end that it was people we were supposed to care about, but uh, they seem like such you know jackasses, especially the Tony character. But then when he steps into the waxwork, uh, he finally like got a little bit of comedy out, and he was kind of funny, and you know like I enjoyed that character so. I wish he wouldn't. Have, I think he was the first to die. Might have been the mm. second. No, he was the first. He was the first to I go. Think he was the first. Yeah, he was the first and to go. Did you notice uh, if you look in the cast of of Waxwork, it lists Bruce Campbell. I think that's a mistake, but I think Bruce Campbell is in Waxwork too. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find him in one, but I, I, he's in two for sure. So let's set the movie up for folks. This is. Uh, you know, I assume they're teenagers, right? They might have been college kids. I was also not clear on that. Yeah, I'm guessing college. I think there's a, I think, I think at some point uh, early in the movie when he's having lunch with his mom and she's bossing him around, she tells him he needs to go to college or something like that or go to class. And then uh, they're passing this waxworks that is, it looks like it's just a house in their neighborhood. I guess a waxwork is a wax museum with all these horror scenes set up, and they decide they'll go in one night, they do go in, and then once they step past the rope of the, you know, that's roping off each, you know, exhibit and scene, they then enter a world based on that scene. They usually die or are horrifically, you know, attacked or whatever, and then we come out and they're actually in the waxwork scene in reality, like just frozen there. And I used the term frozen loosely because they made they, they clearly made no wax figures for this uh, for this movie. And so every time you see a wax figure, it's actually a guy just trying his best to hold still, but doing just very poorly. Trying like hell to, to hold still. Yeah, you could see him breathing. They're blinking their eyes. Fluttering. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty bad. I don't know why they didn't just use still frames if there was no other actor in the shot, but they did not. And, you know, it was... Nothing about this movie made any sense to me. Why is there a wax work in, or a wax works, I guess, because that's what everyone in the movie says. They all make it plural, but the movie itself is called wax work. They would all say wax works. And uh, I don't know why they would put it in a house, in a neighborhood, but I, I guess the ultimate goal is they, the guy who runs it has, it's kind of hard to explain. He doesn't age, but he's in his 60s. And uh, he is—he has to recreate like 18 tableaus, and he's 
you know, at the mo- at the end of the movie, you know, he's or at the beginning of the movie, he's just like five or six shy, and once eighteen or complete, all of the monsters and stuff that are depicted in the waxwork can come to life and destroy the world. Does that is that your understanding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts off the very first scene is just a guy getting his head pounded uh, into a fireplace until he catches on fire, um, which was good. Then, it looked good. Uh, yeah, that looked cool, man. His whole his fucking head's on fire, then he collapses, and then the guy who bashed his head into the fire and killed him, we don't see him, uh, but he's breaking all these glass cases and stealing all of these, <coughs> like, uh, you know, like medallions, and uh, apparently he needs, what, uh, they stole 16 of these from all the most evil men in the world, and yeah. that will help them bring back all these evil men so that they can, I don't know, destroy the world. He's a Lex Luthor villain it set was, on destroying yeah. everything. It was unclear, and then when I read on IMDb that this script was written, I, th- I think I've seen two different things. It was written in three days, and it was written in four days. But both of those wow. make sense when you see it, because it was like, it was very straightforward in that it had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and nothing in between those things made any sense. You know what I did like about it, though? I loved the 80s soundtrack. It felt like a classic 80s film. I loved the feel of the entire movie. It did feel like an 80s film. I did like the music. I did like the way it looked. It was, you know, like as soon as we were in it, it was like, you know what, I'm going to enjoy this. But in the end, I did need a little bit more story than I was getting. And I thought they spent way too much time in these wax worlds when the character would go into the wax scene. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. They would walk in and they'd be teleported to like a world that was depicted in that scene. And I didn't enjoy all of that because they all lasted so long. Yeah. And we're going to get to some of those scenes coming up. One of which is a little bit kinky, but before we do that, Let's run and play our first round of Final Girl. Nah, let's stay here and play it. You're <laughs> tired. You said you're tired. Let's just you're right. let's let's, not ch- let's chill. Hey, I don't know. The words just come out of my mouth. I'm not responsible for what I say. I'm tired. Okay. All right. So, Final Girl, how does it work? Uh, Alex, take it away. Well, uh, you Instagram followers out there, if you want to follow us at Slasher I Hardly Know Her, you can find us on Instagram pretty easily. And then once a week, or once before we actually do the episode, which comes out every two weeks, Micah will put up a post that says, Hey, if you were in a horror movie, what would your name be? You just reply to that. We pick out of the uh, replies that we get, we pick those names out, a number of contestants. I believe we pick five. Is that correct? Used to be five. We have upped the ante. Oh, we're doing eight. teams again. Oh, it's back, man. Okay, we're it doing teams again. It was such a big again. hit the first time. It was such a nail-biter that well, we had to Well, do that's it good. Again. It gives more people a chance to play. And uh, so we pick those out, and then Micah throws those names into the Wheel of Death. He spins that and then picks the names out, and we learn your fate. Uh, the deal is, these are all horror movie tropes. You can't do the things that get people killed in horror movies. Don't have sex. Don't do drugs. Don't do all the things that get all of your favorite characters killed and have since the first slasher aired in the 19. I'm not going to finish that because somebody will argue with me. But if you do those things, you're probably going to get killed by our killer, who is as of yet unnamed. And 
only one person will survive. Even though this is teams, only one person will survive. And at the end of those rounds, if you are the final girl, then it is your job to then go to Instagram, message us and say, hey, I listened to the episode and guess what? I'm the final girl and you will win our coveted mystery prize. Very exciting stuff. So Micah, this week, who do we have? All right, let's meet our players. Up first, we have Anita. Anita number two pencil. <laughs> and Belinda Screet. All right, welcome. And they're on a team, right? They are on a team. They are on a team. Uh, the next team we have here is Quinn Blake and Olivia Quinones. Quinones. Alex, help me with this. Q-U-I-N-O-N-E-S. Q-U-I-N-O-N-E-S. <laughs> Please say it, Quinones, for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Olivia Quinones. Okay, fantastic. All right, welcome to the show. Up next, we have Cindy Nye and Beverly Ray. All welcome. right, welcome to the show. And finally, Helen Spencer and Barb Dwyer, welcome. Ah, uh, you know, if you're a Stranger Things fan, you know bad things happen to Barb's and that no one cares. Ugh. Poor Barb. Poor Barb. Hopefully, Barb Dwyer. Wait a second. Barb Dwyer? Yes. Barb Dwyer? Yes, nice. Oh, that must be our man. Where's the horror section? Always coming with the clever names. Well, he is a big fan, and he always comes up with a good name. I hope he writes yeah, all these down. Yeah, Save them. Yeah. You know, what was kind of cool, uh, last episode, I, I, I realized after the fact that one of our final girl contestants was our very first winner of final girl from way back when from like the first i don't know when yeah. we started this game episode two or three i believe she was the first uh yeah whenever episode that was superficial mel's she is one half of the damn fine tv podcast uh ah, hosts how very cool you know i'm sure yeah. i'm sure we sent her the mystery prize back then but we should send her another one because it has changed a little since then we've done a little revamping to it so she could have the first version and the latest version yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to those two, our hardcore, constant listeners. I don't think you've sent me her address. Uh, I mean, like, I don't think you've sent the alert I, that anyone had won. So send it to me and I'll send it out because I have to send you a bunch of them as well. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. All right. Are you ready for me to spin that wheel? You bet your ass I am. I've never All been right. ready. Here we go. Okay, up first, we have, who's it going to be? Cindy Nye and Beverly Ray. All right, here we go. It's Ray. It's spelled R-E-I. Is that Ray? Sure. Ree? Rye? Beverly Rye? Beverly Ree? Oh, okay. It's one of those, I bet. Okay, Cindy, Beverly. The circus is in town. You've heard it's lots of fun, but you've also heard there's an evil clown. So back to church you run. You survive. You survive. Good job of being good. Get your butt to church, you sinners. It'll keep you alive. Okay, up next we have Anita, number two pencil, and Belinda Screet. Anita, Belinda. Zachary Ty Bryan is signing autographs at the mall. One girl got so excited she threw up in the hall. You want to go and meet him because he set your hearts on fire. 
but you're afraid that if he touches you, he'll fill you with desire. So instead of tempting fate and risking losing your V-cards, you go meet your study group at the library to study Wicked Hearts. Uh, I gotta say, uh, first off, you survive, so that's good. Uh, second off, I didn't, I did not expect us to get a uh, reference to uh, Home Improvement's Zachary Ty Bryan. Uh, <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't know that was gonna be a thing. Uh, you know. Not a great guy in real life. You, you know. I don't know about about Zachary Ty Bryan in real life. I All re- I know is that he came to the mall where I lived when I grew up, and a girl actually threw up at the mall. You're she kidding was so me. so excited. Yeah, that's based on a true story. Okay, well, I remember being bored in the pandemic and lockdown and reading about his uh, latest escapades of being charged with felony strangulation and uh, misdemeanor charges of fourth-degree assault for uh, something he had done to his girlfriend at their apartment. So Why, Zachary? Yeah, I just looked it up to make sure it was him and not Mark. I don't remember any of their names. I remember one of them was called Mark on the show. There was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Mm-hmm. and uh, They all and had three the names. Young one. They all had three names. I just don't remember what they all were. Yeah, I, I can't remember the young, the youngest one. Uh, he's no one can. Uh, <laughs> no one can. It's like Meg. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna sneeze. Gross. Could you have done that away from the mic? I mean, I did it away from the the studio mic, mm. but towards the phone mic. Great. Did you hear me? Yeah, I actually think my ear is wet. Uh, okay. <laughs> Next group. All right. Up next, we have Helen Spencer and Barb Dwyer. All right. Oh, come on, Dad. Let us go to the party at Ricky's house. Ricky's a scoundrel, your father yells, and his dad's a no-good souse. Go to your room, you two, and stop acting like wicked fools. So you sit on your bed and wish your dad didn't have so many rules. You survive. Yes. Not really because they, they did it yeah, smart. They it, just, you know, weren't allowed to go. Yeah, it really wasn't any, uh, you know, work on their part. But whatever the case, however you survive, you survive, right? Yeah, they made it. They made it, which means we have one team that it ain't looking too hot for. All right, Quinn Blake and Olivia Quinones. <laughs> that reminds me of... A fucking uh, Club Dread, uh, how he pronounces, uh, mispronounces uh, Penelope. 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 <laughs> well, he's dying in the water, and he's like, one last thing. I just want one kiss. <laughs> they lean down to kiss him, and he's like, no, no, you, you kiss each other. <laughs> <laughs> God, that movie's good. We should do it again. Oh, dude, Broken Lizard. I don't know when it's supposed to come out. I cannot find anything on the internet that isn't, you know, a monster close to a year old about their new one, uh, Quasi, coming out about Quasimodo. Well, I can't wait. I'd like to think that I helped them make that because I decided I wanted a Broken Lizard shirt uh, several months ago, and so I bought it direct from their website. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love those guys. I love those guys, too. It's a cool shirt, too. What's on it? A lizard. A lizard, mm-hmm. of course. Yep. 
All right. Uh, finally, Quinn Blake, Olivia Quinones. Here you go. Quinn, Olivia, you finally did it. You popped your cherry. You let boys diddle the parts that are hairy. <laughs> Quinn with Mark, Olivia with Kevin. You all played seven minutes in heaven. But for your folly, a price must be paid. For it is a sin for anyone to get laid. Somewhere a lawnmower engine roars. Seconds later, a masked man kicks in the doors. He holds up the mower just like in that movie. In the end, all that's left is a human smoothie. You are dead. You are dead. Okay, and Alex, bonus yeah. round for you. What is the movie where the guy holds up the lawnmower and just goes to town on all of these fucking, I guess they were zombies? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, is it is it one of the Evil Dead movies? It sounds very Evil Dead-ish. Oh, it's a very similar sounding title, Dead Alive. Dead Alive. I've never seen Dead Alive. It's worth your time, dude. I mean, as far as gore goes, they may have had more blood in that movie than any other movie. Uh, the special effects guy on Waxwork uh, said that this was the most blood they had ever put on uh, a movie ever. It was the bloodiest scene they'd ever done, and it was all cut out by uh, the movie folks. Ah, uh, come on. I want to see that people. scene. Uh, I wonder MP, if it's on the internet somewhere. MPAA. Bloodiest thing ever put on screen. Uh, for the scene at the Vampire's Mansion, but it was all cut by the MPAA. Come on, it's already R. Let them have their fun, for uh, fuck's sake. It was destroying minds, Micah. Destroying uh, minds. All right, well, fuck you, MPAA. Uh, you can all rot in hell, and we're going to come back and talk some more about this movie that got censored by, by the puppies. Do I hear puppies? You hear my dogs losing their minds about squirrels outside. There's no longer leaves on the trees, and so they can see those squirrels who are trying to take over their yard. They're not having it. Dude, I'm pretty sure my dog's going to catch a squirrel before it's all said and done. He's gotten very close, and I walked out into my backyard the other day, and he had something. It was nighttime. I grabbed a flashlight, went over there, and he was, had a mouse cornered and was, like, playing with a mouse. So, I, you know, I grabbed him and let the mouse run off. I think it was okay. All right, cool. Well, more riveting stories like that <laughs> one coming up after the break. Fuck you. That's a killer story. Like, a dog and the mouse story was riveting. Hey everybody, it's me, Lacey, with Lacey's Stretch and Rip Aerobics. Who's ready to stretch and rip? All right, here we go. Now put your two fingers inside your mouth. Both hands, that's right, put them inside. Now stretch your cheeks. Stretch and stretch and stretch. I wanna hear stretching. Pull harder. I don't care if it hurts. Pull, I wanna see some blood out there. Come on, rip it. Stretch it, stretch it. Stretch your fucking mouth. Stretch it, Jazz Bricks. Stretch it, stretch it. Good job, everybody. There's a lot of blood on the floor today. Well done. Join me again next time for Lacey Stretch and Rip Aerobics. And now back to the show. 
All right, we are sitting here. It's Alex and Micah talking about 1988's Waxwork. It's a horror. It's sort of a comedy. It rings 80s. I mean, the music, the actors, the whole thing, it feels very 80s. It feels like a Joe Dante movie, and it has a guy who's in a Joe Dante movie, Zach Galligan from Gremlins. Uh, He's fine in it. Uh, He is not my favorite character by any means, but he was fine. He did an okay job. I just was never clear whether I was supposed to like him or not. I mean, he's our hero. I think you're supposed to like him. But he also seemed kind of like a pompous, rich asshole. And you know what? I take it back. I think they were in high school, not college, because remember when they're watching the football game practice? It looked like high school bleachers. It might have been high school. Mm -hmm. And there were lockers in the hallway when they were walking after class. There you go. It's When he comes in and he pretends to be sick, he's like, I've got this disease i've got a virus you've got to help me yeah trying to get his that girl out of class i saw on uh imdb that uh zach galligan hated his acting in that scene really yes i also read that uh he was mad at the he wasn't happy with the director making him tuck in his shirt remember when he goes back with the cops to take him to the waxwork because yep. two of his friends have disappeared and so he gets the cops and he goes to the waxwork and the director insisted he tuck in his shirt and he thought he looked too fat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, he did look like he had a fuller face and stuff, but he didn't look fat in any way. You know, like, yeah. I mean, he didn't, like, there were lots of scenes where he had that coat on. I was like, oh, I guess maybe they're covering it up. But when he doesn't have his coat on, it doesn't, he doesn't look like a fat guy at all. But anyway, he was upset about it, and he said that one night he caught a replay of Waxwork on USA Up All Night with Gilbert Godfrey. And Gilbert Godfrey was the host of the show, for those who don't know, where they would show, you know, tacky movies late night on a Friday or Saturday or whatever. It was phenomenal. Um, and uh, Gilbert Godfrey, you know, they came out of the movie, and then Gilbert Godfrey was pitching to break and he said okay after the break we'll be back with more waxwork and zach galligan after 40 cheeseburgers okay all right hollywood is fucking hard on you if you gain any weight at all especially if you were a fucking heartthrob with abs back in the day and then you get a double chin they're just like what happened to this guy yeah no i mean and and that's what happened to val kilmer and he what happened to whatever heartthrob it's like fuck you all right i was hunky when i was younger let me be an old fuck you assholes yep that's exactly what it says we'll be right back with waxwork starring zach galligan after 40 cheeseburgers that's enough to make me never want to be famous. I know, and he wasn't fat at all. I mean, when he was in uh, when he was in Gremlins, he was just a skinny little starving actor teenager. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. He didn't look bad. And so, uh, Zach Galligan, if you're listening to this, I think you look just fine, and my wife agreed. Yeah, you're cute. You're real cute. I want to pinch your cheeks. And my wife is hey. very attractive. I think you look great, you know, uh, especially for 1988 when this movie came out. Oh, crap. You know, that wasn't even clever. That wasn't even a clever way. Can we shorten this one up? I mean, my exactly. God. Exactly. He looked like he 1988 40 cheeseburgers. Oh, that's a little better, but can we... 
can we please, please Alice, I'm just, you know, I'm not that great at segues. I'm just trying to figure out how to wax work this into the show. Man, you know it's a good joke if you have to, if you're the only one that laughed at it. Provide my own laugh track? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I guess I can go do some laundry. You won't even know I'm gone. Because the last one was so long that when I did this and I was like, I'm going to make this the shortest one ever because the, the last one went on for days. It went on for days. I, and, nice. I, and I even cut out some stuff from that, you know, just because my computer is it's just a laptop that I edit these on and it couldn't handle the, the length of that one. It was like taking, your computer was getting too hot. Yeah, it was like the fans were blowing and papers <laughs> were flying off the table. It looked like a scene from Poltergeist. All right. All right. I think you're being a little dramatic. It wasn't that bad. It was pretty bad. So, Micah, tell me what else happened in 1988? All right, let's do it. Let's talk about 1988. First off, the average cost of a new house in 1988 was $91,600. Wow. A movie ticket was just $3.50. It always blows my mind. You want to take a guess at how much a gallon of gas would cost you in 88? A gallon of gas in 1988 was 87 cents. You're quite close. It was 91 cents. Wow, okay. Yeah, so it might have been 87 on one day. Yeah, could have been. People are like, hey, gas is only 87 cents. They got all excited. They're like, thank God, I can't pay these 91 cent prices anymore. <laughs> uh, let's see, a new drug called crack appears in the U.S. Oh, all right. That probably the ruined ant- a couple of lives. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. I've tried it. Um the antidepressant Prozac was introduced, and it quickly became the market leader for treating depression. What an interesting uh, fact. <laughs> the, uh, the U.S. president was a guy named Ronald Reagan. Uh-huh. I think he used to be an actor. Some of the biggest movies uh, were Big, Twins, Crocodile Dundee 2, Die Hard, The Naked Gun, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Don't do it. Beetlejuice. Oh. Oh, man, if something happened, I would have been shocked. And finally, your favorite part. Other scary movies from the year include Brain Damage. Hey, that's a Frank Hennenlauter movie. You know, our Basket Case guy? Yeah. Hey, did you know Basket Case 3 was a trauma? Distributed that. I did not know that. Doesn't shock I don't me. think they did the first one. I don't know about the second one, but uh, I, I started watching part of the third one the other day looking for good clips for our Instagram. And, uh, yeah, trauma team. Did you find one? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. And okay. It's posted, and people loved it. All right, good deal. It was the one where this baby alien monster <laughs> baby pops out of this girl's stomach oh. and says hi to Dwayne Bradley. A balian? A, ba- a baby Lynn. A baby A, ba- a baby Lynn? <laughs> uh, so let's see. We had Brain Damage, The Vanishing, Night of the Demons, They Live. That's a good one. Uh, Maniac Cop, which we've reviewed hey, on this show. we like that one. And finally, Return of the Living Dead, Part Du. I love that movie. Hey, was that fast enough for you? That I tried to keep great. it short. That was, I mean, I'm still interested and awake. I think that is the, the perfect 
perfect length for news of the year. I will try to keep it like that for I, I agree that it was. Uh, so let's talk about some scenes in this movie. Uh, Shorter is better. I did not mind. At least that's what Tom Cruise says when he's <laughs> talking to a girl. Because <laughs> he's short. No, he just says, I'm Tom Cruise and I'm a billionaire. I think he says, would you like to see my cruise missile? He says, would you like to fly to Italy for an Italian dinner tonight? Boom. <laughs> Best line. Uh, I think he's probably a really controlling, overbearing boyfriend or husband. You think? You know what I mean? Have you, I, have yeah. Have you heard some kind of story a, in the media or something? I think he's a guy who just always has to be in cruise control. <laughs> God. You, you, I wish you would produce less things that I have to cut out of the podcast. <laughs> that would be, be helpful to me. Less editing for me is, is more. Um, I think that, uh, like I told you, when they go into the actual Waxworks world, each of the characters, uh, I, I mean, I, it was a cool idea, right? I didn't like it. It lasted too long. It was... I just thought kind of stupid. It wasn't clear, like, in some of them, the people were completely like, like, the first guy thought he was tripping, remember? Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, God, that's a lot of acting he did. Yeah, a lot of acting he did. And uh, then it was also a nice uh, option or a, a nice opening for every character that was in those scenes to have really stupid, cheap mustaches on. No, I mean, uh-huh. it was like, why why do that? Why not either hire actors with facial hair or just not make the choice to put these terrible cardboard-looking mustaches on them? But whatever. Um, John Rhys-Davies had a real beard, I think. Um, but I, I didn't hate the werewolf scene. But um, We do get a great head rip, just ripping a head right in, in two. He ripped in that werewolf scene. He rips the guy completely in half. Lengthwise. That's right. He's, he, he claws into the head, yes. yanks, and it just keeps pulling apart. Splits his entire body in half uh, yeah. from head to toe or from head to crotch. That was nice. I, I like that. And But then in this scene, two guys come in while our character is being accosted by the werewolf, and they're werewolf hunters, but come into the scene with a rifle and then a handful of silver bullets. Not a rifle with silver bullets in it. So then they have to load it, and that old man loads the gun as sl- it, it had to have been considered at the Oscars that year for slowest gun loading. He, he fumbled around a lot. He was having trouble. But, hey, they were in a high, high-stress situation, you know? I can understand if his hands were a little shaky. Look, I'm telling you, when I go werewolf hunting, the guns are already in the bullet. I mean, the bullets are already in the gun. That's uh-huh, uh-huh. Let me say it correctly. And I do believe, though I'm not much of a hunter, uh, I do believe that's how hunting works. You load the weapon and then go hunting, as opposed to sneaking up on the deer and then being like, oh, there it is. Let's load this fucking gun. Maybe he is all about gun safety and doesn't like to have his guns loaded until he knows he's going to use it. Hmm. I don't think that's a clever approach. It clearly was not very uh, beneficial for the guy who got ripped in half and the guy that got turned into a werewolf. But other than that scene, that was the only one I gave a shit about at all. Then we had the scene where the girl goes in to 
what was it? Uh, I don't know what it was. But uh, they're talking about like the fancy dinner in the castle yes, with the vampires. Yes, with the vampires, and so like that character, and then the one who went into the werewolf, they seem very like, what the fuck is going on here? But then after that, uh, like when the girl goes into the, it's not Count of Monte Cristo. What am I trying to say? The Marquis de Sade. Uh, she seems completely in the scene. Like her character is somehow now brainwashed. So it's it's that so that's not even consistent. Some of the characters go in and are like, what the fuck's going on here? Why am I in a weird world? And then other characters go in and they're like just part of the world all of a sudden and they completely accept it. But the vampire one I thought was stupid and it was long and it was boring. And then you get the Marquis de Sade, which is pretty fucking risque i'd say for 88 would you not yeah that was kinky buddy yeah they uh yeah they i did i thought the vampire scene was a little gross though like when they put the plate of whatever that is in front of her and it's like i Raw don't meat. know if it's human flesh and it's all bloody and they start eating it and they really really had the uh the the sound effects turned yes, up did. for all that smacking and chewing do you know what it actually Sloppy was sounds. that they were eating uh, a mix, pears? a mixture of rhubarb, watermelon, and strawberries. I knew there was some fruit in there. I thought there, I saw I mean, a strawberry. It, it clearly looked like strawberries to me, but it was still gross. And yeah, other than that, the the gross eating that's that whole scene was pretty pretty slow. Every every time they went into that world, it was slow, and I understood they were trying to bulk up the movie. But and it was kind of the point of the movie was this bizarre world they wax work into. But I mean, but wait, we got to give the vampire scene some credit for the part where she's trying to escape and she ends up in that white room with the guy on the like operating table. Yeah, and that and was cool. That was her. That was cool. She like fiance. puts the knives together, sticks it on the vampire's head. It starts to sizzle his forehead, and then his head fucking explodes. Yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't cool stuff in these scenes. Like, I thought the werewolf looked cool, although his ears were stupid. Uh, I thought... I love the guy on the table. The guy on the table looked like, great. After, after the head explodes, he's like, brilliant! Yeah, <laughs> but he was instructing her. Now press it to his head! Make a cross! <laughs> a crucifix will kill him! It was... Oh, and then the, uh, the, the other girl, like the three female vampires come in, and she's fighting them, and there's blood going all over the place, and she slams one into like a, like a wine rack, and all the bottles go through the vampire and start squirting oh, out in front of her. that's right. That was so stupid. The, yeah, the bottles sticking, you know, uh, like cap out yeah. like the opening out we're in a wine rack and we just press them against them and they come through or like spikes and explode their champagne uh it was pretty stupid. i'm changing my my opinion on the vampire scene i think i like that scene it was just the whole thing was too long if you condensed it there was cool stuff in it there was cool stuff in the oh absolutely scene. absolutely i mean well, like, that could be said for so many movies if they would just trim some of the fat they'd have a much better movie they trimmed a lot of fat off that guy's leg that was laying on the table and Ew, that looked and like really a rat, cool. was, a rat chewing was chewing on it. it yeah and he's screaming that was great i mean that looked yeah. really good and a pretty easy effect to accomplish, but it was, you know, it was definitely impactful. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But then yeah. when we get to the Marquis de Sade, then it gets a little bananas because, you know, so they chain her up, you know, uh, you know, 
arms above her head in chains and the the guy's going to whip her to death that's got to be a bad way to go being whipped to death but she uh, doesn't seem that upset about no, it she's completely into it like she kisses him after he locks her up and then she's like clearly getting off on being whipped by this guy even when he's like i'm gonna whip you to death they constantly call her a whore and a slut and that they're going to beat her and she loves it yeah like that scene i didn't even i I didn't like that scene it was like and she's completely into it which made no sense why were the other people aware that they were in a bizarre world but she's not she's just in it to the point when zach galligan comes to save her and she's like oh sammy zach sammy zach he uh un unhooks her and she immediately runs to the guy that was beating her and was like don't let him take me it was weird. Yeah, she wants more. She wants to stay. She's into it. And did you see like the part where they're in uh, uh, the? I the, saw all the, the parts. Uh, attic, and they open. She sees the Marquis de Sade book, and it's glowing, and she starts getting turned on. Like, yes. I don't know. I like the whipping scene. I like that they put a little kink into their movie. Uh, I was biting my lip and rubbing my legs together during that scene <laughs> and making this sound. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> What was it when you were rubbing your legs together that it made that sound, or were you making that sound with your mouth? I I want to really picture this, you know, properly. I very we're a very particular brand of pantyhose that make that sound when you rub them together. I see, I see. But uh, yeah, and that was another thing that bothered me when they're in the attic reading this book and learning that. Uh, this guy who owns the waxwork was actually kind of an enemy of Zach Galligan's grandfather who was murdered by this waxwork guy. Uh, She looks at that book and it lights up and does all this shit. She doesn't even mention it to Zach Galligan. She's not even like, whoa, get get a load of this fucking book. (laughs) I think she had just discovered a little something about herself that she wasn't ready to reveal to him. I see. Boy, you are reading a lot into a movie that gives you no context. (laughs) <laughs> we could call him Zach. Uh, well, his character's name was Mark. It's easier to call him Zach, though. He looks like a Zach. He looks like a Zach. Zach Galligan. Um, okay, so let's stop here and let's do a little Final Girl. I think it's time for round two. Round two of Final Girl. All right. Let me see if the writers have the rhymes ready yet in the writer's room. Hey, writers, do you, you got round two ready? Yeah, no, we're recording live right now. The show's on. How do they not know this? Pull pull it out of the typewriter and hand it to me. We've got to go. I don't care if it's not ready. You should have had this ready yesterday. I'm going to fire these writers. Well, we need to get them computers that they can take home. They could write at home after they get high on their back porch at 3 in the morning and get their crazy ideas. Then they can just... (laughs) It it sucks then to drive. You don't want them to drive high to the office and then have to use their typewriter. I have them using those typewriters like from Naked Lunch, the movie, where it like sucks into your hands and there's a little bug and it's all oozy and talks to you. Okay. Yeah, well, then we definitely need to get them laptops. Okay. Round two. Speaking of old, old objects that should be destroyed, this wheel... I think it's time for a new wheel. Do we have we have room in the budget for a new wheel? Uh, no, we are already. This is, I think, episode three of the season, and we are already over budget by about three million. All right, sticking with the old wheel, then. Here we go. Frank, Frank, Frank. It just expelled dust out of some unknown <laughs> port. Just. 
It's a tired old wheel. Up first, we have Cindy Nye and Beverly Ray. All right. All right. Cindy, Beverly. Some kid with a mohawk invites you guys to a basement show to hear a new band they call the Ramones. But evil music can tarnish one's soul, and there's no music more evil than rock and roll. So you decline going and banging your heads and stay home and watch Blossom instead. You survive. You survive, and we are firing that rider because <laughs> for some reason we teleport in time uh, in that one when the Ramones were a new band. Yeah, well, it doesn't really make sense. You know, now that I'm looking at that, uh, I think when Blossom was on and the Ramones were a new band, I don't think Blossom was around yet. Well, no, I don't. Yeah, none of it made sense, and that's that's what we get, I think, for uh, you know hiring a guy named Franklin. Uh, he he's, I mean, sure, he had the chops. He he wrote for some big shows like I Love Lucy and and uh, the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour and uh, Here's Lucy. So I mean, he came to us with some big credits, but. Uh, I think he's a little too old, and we're going to fire him. Yeah. And you know, yeah. in retrospect, really, he only worked on Lucy shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He loves soup. You ever notice that? He eats a lot of he soup. He does eat a lot of soup, uh, and he leaves every day at 3. Every day at 3. Every and I've caught him falling asleep at the typewriter a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, why Why we kept him around? Why do we wait till this rhyme to get rid of Franklin? He's got a great attitude and a terrific smile. <laughs> he is charismatic. He's quite the charmer. You know what? Let's keep him around one more week. Let's keep him. I like him. I, I like, like him. the way he smells like mothballs. He does. Something about him just really kind of, it, it feels like home, you know? All righty. Uh, let's see here. What's going to happen to our next team, Anita, number two pencil, and Belinda Screet? Anita, Belinda, the state you live in finally legalized weed. Dare you be so bold? Nah, let's stay home and study and read. Do as we are told. You survive. You survive. Well done. All right, up next we have Helen Spencer and Barb Dwyer. Uh -oh. Helen and Barb, here we go. But you two aren't as shy as them. You're willing to wager it's not a sin. You walk to your neighborhood dispensary to buy an assortment of legal weed. Back home, you eat edibles and smoke doobies, too. That's when you notice someone staring at you. His face is disfigured in his hand a spade. He stabs you 30 times each where babies get made. <laughs> You're dead. These have been your best rhymes so far. These all had good cadence. I mean, you did really well. Oh, thank you. Thank I you. Am... And thank you to Franklin. Yes. Did Franklin write that one? That was a Franklin original. Oh, I don't even... I take back everything I said about him, except that he makes me comfortable and, and you know, is warm like muffins. <laughs> uh, okay, so when we come back... We're not doing anything like we normally do. We're breaking away from Waxwork, and we are going to go all in on the movie that is taking the Horror Nation by storm at least several weeks ago, uh, and that is Terrifier 2. This is crazy. It's so crazy, it just might work. We'll see after the break. 
Hello, it's me, Michael Caine. Rather, the decapitated head of Michael Caine, what floats in space now and helps people like you to meditate. This is the Slasher 101.3 KILL Meditation Moment. Wherever you are, be it in your car or your truck, as long as you're driving, what we'd like you to do is close your eyes, close them, don't worry, the car will drive itself. And if you hear horns or sirens or crashing, never mind those. Stay focused on meditating. Now let's do it all together. Close your eyes and repeat after me. I am good. I'm all right. Everything's going to be okay. I am exactly who I'm supposed to be. Now, let's all say um together. Here we go. Eyes closed. Um. Very good. Have a wonderful and peaceful day in Slasherville. You think that guy's still out there? What's up with you and this clown all of a sudden? You're like obsessed. They never found his body. What if he decides to come back here? I wouldn't worry about it. Wait a minute, aren't you that guy from the costume shop? Sir, what are you doing? It wasn't me. He was covered in blood on his shirt and his hands when he got here. I'm telling you it was him, Ellie. Right down to the little black dot on the tip of his nose. Speaking of surprises, kids, we have a very special guest with us today. All the way from Miles County, please welcome Art the Clown. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, we are taking a little break from wax work to buttheads argue a little bit about Terrifier 2. It's been out at theaters. It, I think they spent $250,000 making it, and it's already raked in. Last I checked, it was $8 million, so by the time this show hits the air, it will probably be a lot more than that. So who knows how far it will go. Um, so, uh, Alex, let's talk about Terrifier 2. I am Round in. one, fight. Remember, I didn't love Terrifier 1. I thought it was uh, gruesome and grotesque for the sake of being gruesome and grotesque. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoyed things sure. about it, but I thought they were going over the top just to go over the top, just so you at home would be like, oh, my God, that's too far. And right. when you're doing something just for that reason, I don't dig it. So... I wasn't like super so stoked to see Terrifier 2. Then I walked out of Terrifier 2 going, holy crap, I really liked it. And was surprised see? to call you that evening and find out that you did not. I liked Terrifier 1 a lot more than I liked Terrifier 2. Um, I thought it was leaner, meaner. It was definitely shorter. 
Terrifier, well, Terrifier 2 was very long, but even my wife said, walking out, she goes, you know, I didn't feel like it was that long. I mean, there was always stuff happening. And in the first one, remember, it suffered from another thing that uh, uh, many horror films suffer from, and that's uh, somebody goes into a building or goes into the woods. There's an old Cheers joke about it. It's like uh, they're sitting at the bar, and a guy says, uh, what is that movie where the first guy goes into the woods and and dies and then his friends go look for him and then they die in the woods and then somebody goes in to look for the friends and they die and then the old guy at the end of the bar goes don't go in the woods yeah that's right and that's that's what terrifier one was they'd go in this building somebody die they'd go in the building somebody die and then finally in the end when he thought was going to be a final girl gets out of the building which was impossible to get out of she then mm-hmm. runs back into the building so, it, yeah. you know, that was really annoying to me. This movie didn't suffer from that at all. I And I cared about the characters in this movie. They, like, actually established them. And it, this had all the things of a real movie where I actually care about the character. They had development. And then they had great kills. They had a terrifying killer. Uh, there was a satisfying ending. I don't know, man. Uh, I liked it. I just waited for it to get going i mean it starts with a bang but then i was bored out of my fucking mind during all the stuff at the house with uh with sienna and her mom and her kid brother and the mom oh, she did a lot of acting she was always upset <laughs> that talking mom was with her a, hands that mom was a bitch she was she got on my terrible. fucking nerves i just wanted it to end it got to the point where i actually thought about leaning uh, leaving luckily it picked up and you know loved all me, the stuff in the uh the costume shop uh yeah. when she's there to buy her you know wings or whatever because hers have burned up and she's talking to the guy you know the, the costume shop like you know employee or whatever and the the clown's kind of stalking her around, but he can do so completely out in the open because it's Halloween and he's in his yep. clown thing. And then he has the bit of comedy where he keeps trying on the glasses and stuff. Yep. I thought that was cool, too. I liked a lot of it. It just took a long time to get to the good parts for me. So there were there was a lot of fat that could be trimmed. Um, but I feel that way about most movies. But, I mean, the gore looked terrific i mean they definitely if you wanted nasty gore they went there uh art is scary and uh there were a lot of great great kills in that movie uh there was the main character the main female lead in the movie uh kind of fell in love with her loved her yeah uh she was she did a great job and they did a great job making you like her like yeah. Starting off with her, you know, showing that, you know, she's an artist and she's making stuff. Well, that's probably why you loved her. You guys have that in common. Well, I did she's like She's in it. there yeah. making the costume, working with, like, waxes and resins and metal and all that shit. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I liked, you know, I liked her friends. I believe their relationship. Um, yeah, you're right. There's a lot that could be trimmed, but kind of what I think is, and, you know, I mean, I guess... As a as a director and as an artist, uh, when you're making a movie, you know, yes, you want to make the best thing you can. But I think because it was going to have a limited release and because it was going to have a cult following, I think he just made the decision to be like, you know, we don't have to cut it. You know, yeah. it's not we're not we're not constricted by all the studio crap. Uh, and I think we can go in and just give the fans what they want, and I like this scene, so I'm not making it shorter. I think that's kind of, 
the approach he took. I mean, that's just how I feel. I don't know that that's true. I mean, for 250000 bucks, they did a lot. They, they made a good movie. And I think a lot of that is due to the director also being a, a makeup effects guy and, you know, able to do a lot of the work that a director usually doesn't do. I think that uh, I think it looked a lot more big budget than the first movie. And that's not a lot of money to make a movie with. Dude, 250 grand? I mean, like, they didn't get paid very much. I think he said he had, like, a, a team of eight or nine people that were the main filmmakers. And so it was a small crew working day and night to get this thing done. But it had a really good big-budget big look. I mean, it looked as good as, you know, Halloween Resurrection or whatever. It had that same kind of feel to it to me. See, for me, I don't know what kind of camera they shot it in. I tried to figure that out, and, you know, it looked like it was digital video. It was kind of grainy. I don't know if that was an effect they were going for or if that was just due to, you know, trying to bump up the lighting in a dark scene or what. But, uh, you know, it definitely felt like a low-budget movie, uh, especially the huh. scenes in the house with the family, I thought. Oh, um, and did you notice, like, it was, speaking of the scenes in the house, you know, uh, it did you notice that the entire... It took me a second. It took until somebody picked up their cell phone to realize if this movie was supposed to have taken place in the 80s or not. Did you notice that everything in the kitchen, the microwave, the decorations, like literally the technology that was in there, like the dishwasher and the refrigerator. Mm. Even the mom's clothes, I thought. Everything was 80s. I mean, what a yeah, neat curtains. choice. There was no reason they had to do that, and they did that. And I don't know why, but it was the only place that was like that. Everything else was, you know, modern. I did notice that when the characters were in the car, uh, her friend in the car making out with the guy or whatever, and he gets killed, she's like picking up her phone to call. The, the phone never lit up. When she made her call. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I do love that stuff. Okay, so let's talk about whether whether Terrifier 2 made sense. We can agree that they knocked it out of the park in terms of if you wanted nasty gore, they gave it to you. Could it have been shorter? I think so. Alex likes that it was long and, and developed the story with the characters. But, but what the hell is going on with the sword... The dad having drawn Art the Clown before he died. Sienna, the main character's, you know, dad is is dead. By the way, we are going to spoil Terrifier too. If you haven't oh, seen yeah. it, we might, <laughs> we'll tell you that get now. The fuck out of here. Um, <clears throat> it's not a spoiler that her dad's dead, though. It is a spoiler that he had at some point drawn Art the Clown prior to maybe being killed by him. I guess I I don't know if I was clear on that. Yeah, for a minute I thought they were going to say that her dad was Art the Clown, you know, uh, but but I don't, I don't think they went there. Uh, and then at the end, they go to the, and this is where the movie really started for me, was when they showed up to the amusement park. That's when I was like, okay, now we've got a movie. The amusement um, park that still had electricity. The, yeah. the abandoned amusement park that where all the rides <laughs> still worked and every, all the lights still came on. And we find out that there is an attraction at the amusement park that is called... Oh, I don't remember. The Terrifier. The Terrifier that's right. Yeah. Uh, I will say I hated the scenes where... I, I'm not clear whether it was a dream or not because it was presented as a dream, but then in the movie it comes back when she's on the weird TV show, the Art the Clown TV show. Yep. And uh, that... I mean, obviously that was a dream... Right. And it was weird and stupid, but then in the end, it comes back, and it seems to be in reality, this location where there's an Art the Clown, like, ice cream truck, and 
I wasn't clear what was going on there. I wasn't sure what was going on there, and I, I'm not sure what and why Art is uh, immortal. And then why is Sienna suddenly like she goes? Art throws her into a fucking pit in the ground, yeah, and she ends up in some like Houdini-esque water tank, yes, where she's being held down in the water by what looks like some kind of tentacle wrapped around her leg. Yes, and that uh, is and, and that is where the thing comes back, where it's that old TV scene with the Art the Clown food truck. That's yeah. it. It's next to it, and people are dancing. I didn't understand that at all. And then. Art has stabbed Sienna in the stomach and, like, lifted up. I mean, like, he he, he, he got her. She would be toast because the knife went in, her dad's blade that's super sharp, and then he, like, pulled it up through her guts. And then she's in this water tank and suddenly has self-healing superpowers, her wound heals. She flies up like, you know, like Wonder Woman comes out. Uh, what's going on there? What is it, this tentacle? Well, I don't know. And it was unclear, and it has something to do with that sword you mentioned. A real yeah. sword. She's a cosplayer, right? And, right. Uh, but her dad, so everything she makes is made out of, like, warbla and foam and stuff. But uh, the dad, prior to dying, had given her this real sword that is mm-hmm. actually uh, very sharp. She, I believe, uses it as part of her costume. Um and it has some sort of power. The sword itself has some sort of power. And I guess that's what helped her heal herself? I wasn't clear. She wasn't going to wear it as her costume because she was afraid she'd get in trouble for having a real, actual sharp sword. But right. when uh, the little brother, I guess Art the Clown, is in their house. Yeah. Is it after he's killed their mom? Yeah. Art finds the, the sword in their room and takes it. Um, that's why it ends up at the amusement park. And it is, and it somehow has the power to kill Art because, I mean, remember, it's made very apparent that Art is supernatural in the first yeah. one, in the very first Terrifier. Yeah, it comes back to life yeah. in the morgue. The lights start flashing. Uh, let's talk I about I like that it picked up exactly where it left off in the last movie. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, I did And too. one scene I loved, I thought was great, is when Art the Clown is whipping the fuck out of her little brother with like cat and eye and tails that yeah. he's made on his own or whatever uh, and Sienna throws herself on top of her brother and takes the lashing for him like, yeah that was great that was, Sienna was she's a goddamn great. hero she was the that actress was great I thought she was I thought she sold it uh, she was beautiful I even liked the little boy actor I thought he was pretty good I and I don't think the mom was a bad actress she was just a bad mom <laughs> Uh-huh. She, she, she was really a sucked. terrible mom. Oh, dude, that was an excellent scene where where she's trying to clean the shit off of the car. That yes. was a great kill, and like wipes the shaving cream yes. or whatever off of the driver window. And there's Art, nasty little fuck. He's got a gun. And he shoots her in the head. And he fucking blows all over the wall. That's another thing I like about Art. He'll kill you. He's not just a slasher. He's a shooter. He's a crusher. He didn't care how yep. he kill you. He'll just kill you. Um. Let's talk about uh, this movie in that. Uh, what? How, how do? How do? How do I want to say this? The I kind of thought this was promoted a little Blair Witchy. Even you texted me and were like, "Dude, people are leaving the theaters. They're vomiting and they're fainting and blah blah blah." <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Did uh-huh. you see? I mean, like I saw nothing that would have and it's not because I'm a jaded individual. I saw nothing that would have made me vomit or faint. 
even the faint I, of heart, I don't believe would have. I think maybe, that was all. Who knows? You know, do you think that was part of their spin? To yes, get I do. Publicity for the movie. Yes, I do. I mean, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. I mean, that's it was kind of like the midnight movies that are like you have to sign yeah. this so that you know we're not liable if you have a heart attack or the. Uh, the haunted houses you go to at Halloween that say there's we've had to install exit doors because people can't handle it and you know 32 people have peed in here this year I never believe that who's gonna come out and be like oh you got me I peed my pants you know I mean like I I just don't think I think it was all a marketing gimmick because I also didn't think this was even as brutal as the first yeah, yeah, and there's been a lot a lot of movies with as much or more gore and, you know, as brutal or more brutal kills than this movie. Yeah. I mean, hell, 1963, uh, what was it, Feast of Blood or Blood Feast, that old Her- Blood Herschel Feast, Gordon yeah. Lewis movie. That one was, you know, it was as nasty. They just kept the shots yeah. as they ripped organs out and blood went all over the place. So this has been done for, you know, yeah. So I, d- I, did, years. I didn't believe that. But like I was telling you, uh, it wasn't advertised here. There wasn't some marketing campaign. In fact, it wasn't even on the marquee of the theater that I saw it at. Yeah. Uh, and it was shown in a much one of the much smaller theaters that are there. No, I mean, big theater, but the actual room where the theater is, it was pretty small. And uh, so you knew everybody that was in there was not there by mistake. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they they didn't come in and, and say, oh, is there anything good to see? I mean, not that that ever happens, but I mean, these people sought this out. They heard about it. You know, they had friends like you that texted them and said, you're not going to believe this. And so those people were real fans. So, of course, we wanted to talk to some of those fans after they saw uh, Terrifier 2 to see what they thought. Micah and I, of course, have our opinion. Here's what these folks thought. All right, you saw Terrifier 2. What'd you think? Oh, that was horrifying. That was crazy. Yeah? I've never seen anything that gory in my life. So great. I mean, since I saw the first film, I didn't exactly what it was all about until I watched further in the film and see how a clown just killed everyone. How, like... Even though, even like really messed up, but also hilarious at the same time. The production quality and stuff in this one, way over Terrifier 1. Uh, so what did you think about this? Oh, well, I find the second one really good. Well, I wouldn't say better than the first one, except I find the graphics, the gore, and the kill scenes actually better. Pat, what do you think? <laughs> um, I really liked it. Definitely one of my favorite horror movies. Really? So really? far, yeah. Very cool. What did you think of the little girl in this one? Real creepy and nightmares. She was really cute, though. I heard some people were vomiting and passing out at theaters in the U.S. Did you get close? Or oh, no, right? not even close. No, I, I can take that stuff. You can take it. So you brought your 18 and 17-year-old son to watch Terrifier 2. <laughs> You're a lady after my own heart. I think they were, what, five when they started watching Friday the 13th at Elm Street. Because they're they're hysterical. Come on now. All right, what's your name? <laughs> Nicholas. Nicholas? So tell me your impression of this movie. You've already seen Terrifier 1. What do you think of Terrifier 2? I think Terrifier 2 was a bit more of a, a good one. I love the... the tag that he does and the best part when you kill somebody is he gets like a person saying I gotta laugh this one I'm sorry people but I have to laugh it's too funny when he does this I mean I watch you guys you guys are right in front of me I watch y'all's reactions and I was like I want to interview these people immediately <laughs> what do you think about a sequel what happens in this sequel um I really don't know I love this did you guys love this oh yeah. I loved it I loved it as hell you are. <laughs> oh, I liked it. It was good. It was. It, what about you? What it was. You? It was too funny. It was too funny. 
Okay, so they didn't vomit. They didn't pass out. They did say it was pretty damn nasty. I The folks I interviewed were a mom and her two sons, which I just loved that dynamic. Let's see. The guys I talked to were, it was a, it was a, I think it was a boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, they were probably early 20s, if I had to guess. It was. And if Wikipedia is correct, it looks like, oh, uh, as of... November 6th. Uh, it's up to over 10 million now that a Terrifier 2 is raked into the box office. If you think we're not getting a Terrifier 3, you are mistaken. This made oh, it's me, coming. This made me think completely differently about Terrifier 1. Like, I, Terrifier 1, I just didn't love it. It was great. He's a scary character. I just thought the production value wasn't there in a lot of scenes, and I thought the story yeah. wasn't there. And this really has made me an Art the Clown fan I truly loved this movie. I would like to see Damien team up with, you know, uh, other writers and, uh, uh, you know, I don't want it to get the Hollywood treatment, but I would like to see it cleaned up and trimmed down a little bit for part three um, because that was too much movie for me. I like the Terrifier one was leaner and meaner, um, but, I mean, for gore effects and just bravo for getting people you know to make 10 million off a 250,000 budget and get asses and seats and get people watching something fucking gory again in movie theaters that's great this hasn't yeah. happened in a long time no this is kind of I, I i mean just the success of this shows that the market is still there maybe they can start pumping out some more slasher type horror movies as opposed to just the girl the ghost and the possessed things that we get now yeah Question I have for you, Micah. <laughs> the little girl you just mentioned. Uh, the little girl who shits all over the floor in the uh, fucking laundromat. God damn, that's just gross. Oh, is that what that was? I wasn't even sure what that was. And, you know, we didn't even talk about that. The little girl, the little Art girl, the Clown. The diarrhea clown girl, the whoever the hell she is. That is. The interesting thing that I saw about that was only certain people could see her. Yeah. Art could yeah. see her. Other people, uh-huh. other victims couldn't. Uh, but Sierra could. I think the the little boy could. So I thought that was interesting oh. and telling. Uh, but we also didn't talk about the fact that oh, Felissa Rose makes an appearance oh, and the cut scene does. at the end. Uh, she makes an appearance uh, or in the movie too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like. Oh yeah, she's she, in the movie. She's like a teacher yeah, at the school she, or whatever. I, I thought you they, were saying she was in the cut scene. No, 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 and we need to talk about the cutscene. Okay, uh, the but while we're talking about this little girl, super creepy, the absolutely great. But the problem I had was with her was, as creepy as they made her, and as great as she was in that role, she was still adorable. Like <laughs> she was still an absolutely adorable little girl. I mean, she was cute as a button, even like looking like a horrific clown. She was just so cute, and so that was that was a little rough. But I don't even remember the cutscene. As soon as you say it, I'll remember it. But I don't remember it. Uh, we cut to uh, is it a, an insane asylum or something like that? And Chris Jericho's there. Oh and, right. And then they go into like, the fucking screaming's coming out, and she's giving birth. It's uh, oh, yes. Vicky, Vicky, whatever the original victim from the first right. movie. Who's all uh, disfigured? Pulling all this shit out of her vagina, and then out comes Art the Clown's head. Which is alive. (laughs) Again, a point of the movie that I didn't know what I was supposed to do with. So Damien Leone, the director, the writer-director of Terrifier 2, says that in the uh, commentary Mm -hmm. on Terrifier 2, he says he kind of regrets how much he gave away 
about Art the Clown and how it all works. So I think if you're really curious and you want to know more explanation as to any of the supernatural and the history and all this jazz, I guess listen to those director comments on the on Terrifier 2. Well, when it comes out, I'm buying it, baby. It's going in the collection. Oh, yeah. It's going in the collection. I enjoyed it. So uh, real quick before we get to Final Girl, tell me, how many flaming costumed black angel wings would you give this? <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll give it five out of ten. Five out of ten? Yeah. When you gave the Mangler like a nine. I love the Mangler. It's one of my favorites. I'm giving this a solid eight out of ten. Wow. Yeah, you loved it. You loved it more than me. I just wanted it to be shorter, and yeah, that's that's basically my only complaint. I truly, truly enjoyed it. All right, well, let's get to the next round of Final Girl before we uh, wrap things up for Waxwork in our next segment. All right, here we go. Let's spin that wheel. We got sorcerer four survivors. Let's see who makes it through this round three. Up first we have Anita. Anita number two pencil right. and Belinda Screet. Let's see here. Anita, Belinda. They're holding auditions for a big Hollywood movies. The cast direct, casting director asks, may I touch your boobies? You look at each other, then back at the man, then slap away his reaching hand. You survive. You survive. Smart, smart girl. That's not how you want to get that role anyway. Hard decision to make, though. You know, when you're looking at being a star and making millions, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you, maybe you compromise. Maybe you let that guy touch no, your movie. I, I, I get it. I would. I support your decision. I would be like, you know what? Plus, you're alive. Just, just don't talk about this, but you can go ahead and just have a little squeeze. That's because you're a slut. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have Cindy Nye. Beverly Ray. Uh-oh. Or is it Rye? Since no. it's Cindy Nye, we should pronounce it Rye. Okay. Cindy Nye and Beverly Rye. Okay. Nye and Rye. All right. Cindy Nye. Okay. Oh, my God. Do you dare be so blunt? You'd like to call that mean girl a cunt. You were raised to only say things that are nice. But the mean girl has taken your lunch money twice. Aww. And as soon as the C word exits your lips, a monstrous goon makes a wish as he tears you in two at the hips. You are dead. That's terrible. Like a wishbone. All she did was stand up for herself. Yeah, I guess you can't use the C word. Huh. Well, add it to the list. Add it to the list. Add All right. Well, let's see. List. We only have two survivors left. Anita to Anita number two pencil and Belinda Screep. You guys have been a team the whole time, but in the final round of Final Girl, you will be going up against each other. It's not and only called one Final Girls. Of you will survive. It is not Final Girls. All right, all of that, plus crunchiest kills, and what are you into? And we will rate wax work and talk about the big, epic, overly long fight scene at the end <laughs> when we come back. <laughs> What's up, ladies? It's me, Paulie, from Paulie's Panty Exchange. Did you know you can get top dollar for your dirty old panties? That's right. At Paulie's Panty Exchange, we pay premium prices for your nastiest, 
unwashed used panties. Why, you ask? We buy them from you, then we sell them to perverts who like sniffing panties. So don't wash them, because we like them stanky. Pee stains, skid marks, period blood, don't change a thing. The more discharge, the more we charge local panty sniffers to buy them. Think we only buy sexy, expensive silk panties? Think again. Bring us your sensible cotton granny panties too. Pause Panty Exchange. Where sprayed gets you paid. Where runny makes you money. Where duty earns you booty. So start living large off your thick white cottage cheese-like discharge. Paul's Panty Exchange, 1408 Pinhead Street, Slasherville. And now back to the show. We're kind of headed towards the end of wax work here. Uh, we've got to do a couple of things. First, before we jump into the big finale of wax work, uh, can I ask you what else are you into? What are you into? Into. Into. What are you into? What's all this screaming about? I think that I have already said that I'm into the season two of the Chucky series. Uh, I was kind of surprised they didn't start it sooner and then end it around Halloween because it's still going, but it's great. It's wildly meta and odd this uh, this season. So if you get an opportunity to check out the Chucky series, don't just start with season two. If you haven't seen season one, definitely go back. Uh, but it's not bad. There's a lot of twists and turns that you wouldn't otherwise see. I like most of the characters, and Chucky's great. And the guy that voices Chucky... His daughter plays, his real-life daughter plays a character on the show, and every now and then she's taken over by the spirit of Chucky. Can't remember that killer's name. And the daughter's really good at doing her dad's voice. That was Brad Dorff, right? No. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know the... I don't the know original the, Chucky voice? I don't know the, yeah, the actor's name. I was trying to think of the you know, the killer's name. It's like, it's a three name, like Charles Ray something. I can't, yeah. I can't remember uh, the guy that takes over Chucky's body. Um, and then other than that, uh, this is not going to be uh, anything that anyone is going to be like, oh man, I, I got to go out and see that because I've never heard of that. But I, uh, I've been rewatching Dexter. And the original, the original, and I'm yeah. gonna, but I'm gonna go right into, you know, the new one. But I've really enjoyed it, and you know, everybody, including me, always says like the last couple of seasons of Dexter suck, and they hate the ending, and blah blah blah. And I don't necessarily, I've never disagreed with that. I always thought the last couple of seasons sucked. But what we got going on right now is maybe a more mature Alex watching this. And I've seen the Dexter series several times. I've watched it all the way through on several occasions. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm on the penultimate season. And that one blew. I didn't like it at all. And I watched it this time. And I am seeing things I didn't see before. I'm realizing why the writers made some of the decisions they made and what that says about the character and 
I'm really enjoying it. So if you haven't seen Dexter in a long time and loved it and hated those last couple of seasons, go back and and give it a shot because there's stuff there that I didn't see before. And this is probably my fourth time watching the entire series. I really enjoy it. What are you into, Micah? Uh, let's see. I picked up a big graphic novel called Crescent Hotel, which is uh, a beautiful book. Um, and it's all based on a lot of research that the author, Sean Fitzgibbon, did into a place called the Crescent Hotel, which is located in a little town in Arkansas called Eureka Springs. Supposedly the Crescent is very haunted. They've done ghost tours there for a long time, and this is all about the history of it. And I haven't started it yet. I've just kind of flipped through it, and, man, it looks like he spent a lot of time and put a lot of TLC into this book. I have heard of the Crescent Motel, and I've seen it on those, uh, you know, most haunted places in the world things. It's a pretty place. The only other thing I'm into right now is, well, uh, I'm... Nipping, nipping, champing at the bits to watch the fucking season three of Mythic Quest on Apple oh, TV God. when that comes We're very out. close, right? Isn't it November? I think it's the 11th, uh, so it's almost here. I mean, I and am then, uh, very excited about that as well. That's one of my favorite shows that's maybe ever been on TV. I fucking love it. That's I don't binge shows, but that show I will binge. And then Physical's another show I like a lot on Apple TV. And... Uh, but the other thing I was into that I watched last night is a movie called Weird, about Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, with uh, Daniel Radcliffe? Daniel Radcliffe plays Weird. Uh, uh, what's his name from The Office who played uh, Dwayne, or Dwight? Um, uh, I just forgot. Rain right, Wilson yeah. plays uh, Dr. Demento. And then there are 100 cameos in this. Jack Black shows up, a couple guys from Lonely Island. Uh, there's a ton of people making cameos in this movie, and it's ridiculous. I thought it was going to be a more factual story about Weird Al's life, but what they do is they take a real thing from his life, and then they go absolutely ape shit with the scene. And really? you know, it's it's definitely it's pretty funny, man. It's worth your time. Well, I want to see it, so that's not uh, that's not too tough for me. I think if you've got Roku, it's free. Uh, I'm telling you, Tubi's the place for horror these days, isn't it? There's a ton of shit on Tubi. There's yeah. a ton of stuff on Tubi. Not bad stuff either. That's how I watched yeah. uh, Waxwork. Yep, yep. And they they don't like do the uh, every three minute commercials. You get a big chunk of movie before they do a commercial break, and it's a long commercial break, so you can go take a leak and make yourself a PBJ. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't mind the they're a little bit longer break, but yeah, you can go and you know get stuff done and. Yeah, it's not so bad. Um, okay, so let's wrap up Waxwork. It is, uh, you know, we've gotten kind of to the end of the movie. Everything, all the people have gone in and been killed within the Waxwork scenes, therefore becoming part of the Waxwork scene that you could see if you went in. Uh, but uh, Zach realizes that when he's in a scene, which is, for whatever reason, a black and white zombie thing uh he realizes somehow don't know how he comes to the realization that if you don't believe it's real they can't hurt you and then you can exit the scene you can get back into the real world so then he goes into the marquis de sade to save uh can't think of what her name is and uh the girl from april fool's day main character 
Uh, and he is able to pull her out of the scene, and then they are back into the real world. The guy who owns the waxwork place, he only needed two more in order to complete his mission, and therefore they've screwed him. So now all the things can't come back to life. So his lurchy butler and uh, his little minion, uh, you know, grab him and pull him back and like hold him into in like the corner while two other teenagers come in. Uh, and enter the Waxworks to people that they're kind of ancillary characters. They were in those uh, bleacher scenes in the high school, but we don't really get to know them very well. And they are immediately killed. <laughs> While, as we told you, all these Waxwork scenes last about a thousand hours. Uh, for these two guys, it's instant. And they're killed immediately. They become part of the scene, and boom, all the monsters come to life. The good news is, and this is bananas that uh, his grandfather, who was killed by the waxwork guy, Zach's grandfather, uh, he was part of a team of what are now all very old men who fought (laughs) evil, and they show up and begin to save the children. His godfather, Zach's godfather, is in a wheelchair, which has now been uh, retrofitted with armor plating in his electric wheelchair, and they proceed to have an all-out bar brawl with all of the characters from the wax scenes. It's all over. It's lights out for for our main characters, Mark and Sarah. The wax figures have all come to life, and then a posse of grandpas comes bursting in. A grand posse, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to have the biggest man versus monsters fight we've ever seen on screen. Oh, Marvel? Forget that. This <laughs> no. is an epic battle. Endgame? Nothing. This battle is amazing. <laughs> we've got vampire babies, vampire bats, a guy that's not really a monster, just like an African tribesman just yeah. in there for some reason. Yeah, I think that was a little uh, racist, maybe, but go on. <laughs> I know. I, I said Everything was a monster, except there was one tribal guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got zombies. You've got aliens. It, just a ton of monsters. And the fight is... It, it was really poorly poor, poorly choreographed. I mean, it's it's about as, it's as real looking as that yes. trash can scene in The Godfather. It's as many uh, fake punches and fake uh, hits with an axe as you've ever seen in a movie ever. You're never sure they make contact. Nobody hits anybody hard, and the sound effects for the punches are like from you know the movie database of sound effects from 1960. It's like. Psh- <laughs> and they're just all over the place. Uh, I will say, but it's fun to watch. I was not bored. I was like, "This is dumb. This is ridiculous." Uh, and how much longer is it going to go? It just it kept going just and going. Kept going. The reason for that, according to IMDb, is at some point uh, that's not how the movie actually ended. It wasn't what was in the script. Uh, they come to the director at one point and say, "Hey, uh, just so you know." We are completely out of money. And they were like, oh, all right. So they shot a bar brawl to end the movie. I like that they shot a vampire baby. And then that uh-huh. one sexy vampire turns into a bat and somebody <laughs> grabs him and just shoots him point blank and blows his head off. Yeah, I will say for having run out of money and been like, well, let's just do a bar brawl. They do get a lot. They pack a lot of effects into the bar brawl. 
So yeah. there, there's that. Uh, here's an interesting little fact for you. Yeah, do you remember the Frankenstein's monster character? He's just a wax thing, but he does come back. He, they don't ever go into his tableau or anything, but he does come to life at the end. Mm -hmm. It's Kane Hodder. Oh, was it really? Yeah, he's uncredited in the film, but he did stunts on that movie, and uh, Kane Hodder plays Frankenstein in that. All right, I, all right. I thought you would enjoy that little tidbit. Thank you for that. So that's pretty much how it wraps up. They 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 have uh, Lincoln, though. He follows Sarah and Mark as they're trying to make their escape. Once they've set the waxworks on fire, uh, but Lincoln, the big bad guy that is trying to, you know, destroy the world, uh, follows them and has... What, what is that gun he has? It was a bizarre gun. I'm not clear what the gun was, but it was it a gun. It looks like an old sci-fi movie laser gun, yes. but apparently it's just a regular gun with bullets. It's probably um, what they got out of the prop room that day. Which he shoots over and over again once he's been shot mm -hmm. as he's dying he's just pulling off shots oh. you know what i didn't <laughs> like though uh it's kind of every man for himself when he starts doing that the grandpa comes in and shoots him yeah. the godfather that's in the wheelchair shoots him mm -hmm. but he gets off those shots after being shot and zach the the character played by zach galligan now has the opportunity to like you know be heroic dive onto you know his girlfriend to help protect her so if some if one of the shots hit they'll hit him and not her nah he just kind of dives down <laughs> it's every man you know, for himself. i liked that the godfather yelled tally ho is that going. what he, he was really he enjoying really? fighting all these monsters yeah but he doesn't make it because then the werewolf comes in behind him and rips his head off and they rips both his head <laughs> they both catch on fire <laughs> immediately so Sarah and Mark managed to escape. Lincoln's dead. Waxworks is on fire, and they run out of the big, you know, castle-looking waxworks uh, museum. And uh, the fire looks very. Uh, how would you describe the fire and the windows there at the waxwork as they run away? I would describe it as um, the earliest form of CG possible. I don't even yeah. know what it is. It looked horrible. And it looked more fake than anything else in the movie. I mean, it, it was did. like the budget dropped tremendously for that one shot. And it was one shot, too, because after that, they're just burning a model which of the house, which really looks like the house. But the problem with fire and miniature models is the fire, you know, little fire acts like little fire. You know yep. what I mean? So you could tell it yep. was just little flames on the uh -huh. ground and stuff. But anytime I see bad, like superimposed fire, now it always reminds me of the ending of uh, Halloween, Halloween Part three. three. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's yep. gonna be Halloween Three. <laughs> I love that. But this was right up there with that. This might have even been worse. It was pretty bad. It was rough. Uh, so they've burned down the waxworks, and it's all over, right? Except wait. Uh oh. We zoom in. The waxworks is burning, but we see the ground moving, and up comes a disembodied hand, which starts crawling and sets us up for a sequel. Which we get. Waxwork 2 yeah. is a thing. I, I've not seen it, but it is a thing. I wonder if it's better, worse, same, bigger budget, smaller budget. What will there be? Will we watch it? Who knows? I do not know. So, Micah, I wonder, yeah. what would you say? The crunchiest kill is. Ah! Crunchiest kill.
kill. Man, when I think about it, I, the first scenes that come to mind are the werewolf ripping the guy in two and the, uh, the cross that they put on the vampire's head. Those, those okay. are the first two that come to mind. So um, we can pick so one. I'm gonna go with. I just really like the whole uh, mood and set for the uh, the vampire head explosion. Oh well, then that lets me pick the werewolf ripping the guy in half longwise, because uh, I that's a great way to do it. He didn't rip him in half, you know, at the body. He ripped his head right down the middle and his neck and his ribs and all of him until he was two long pieces. I like that. That is my crunchiest skill. Now we just need to rate this movie. Uh, what's going to be the rating system here? Hmm. How many? Mm-hmm. How many? Uh, godfathers in tank wheelchairs. How many? Uh, how many girls who like to be whipped? <laughs> <laughs> how many uh, strawberry-eating vampires? How many ripped in two by a werewolf, werewolf hunters? Mm, how about we go with your, uh... How many champagne bottle impaled vampires? There we go. Let's go with that. How many champagne bottle impaled What was yours? Vampires? You had something well, up I your li- sleeve. I like your... No, I was going to go with your tally-ho armored godfather. <laughs> how many tally-hos? Uh, but yes, I like the champagne impaled vampires. How many are you giving this? Uh, champagne impaled vampires. I'm going to give this a, a five out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to give this a five. I think that's fair. Uh, would I watch it again? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, like, if if there was some reasonable reason to watch it again, like somebody absolutely had to see it, I'd watch it with them. Uh, would I suggest it to anybody? I don't think I'd suggest this movie to people. I mean, it's fun. Uh, you it's know, fun. It's fun, but it. Uh, I don't feel better for having watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not one I'm going to keep running back to like Death Spa. Oh, God, Death Spa so good. Death Spa so ridiculous. Uh, but I might like it enough to give Waxwork 2 a chance. Oh, yeah, me too. I'd give Waxwork 2 a chance. I mean, like that'll. I, I think at some point that'll get watched by me. And according to IMDb, that tribesman was a voodoo priest. Oh, of course. Uh, How did we not know that? You know, there was another scene in this. You know when they're uh, talking at the tableau uh, about uh, the uh, Phantom of the Opera, and the kid goes, was that the real mask And from the mm-hmm. movie? And the guy goes, they made a movie about the Phantom killings? And then he walks away, and he goes, they'll make a movie about anything. Remember that scene? Yeah, I remember that. That was supposed to, in the script, it was Jason Voorhees and Friday the 13th. And he says, is that Uh, the mask? And the guy goes, they made a movie about the Jason killings? But they couldn't do it because of copyright issues. So it came family. Oh, come on. Come on. And uh, so these are all my IMDb facts. So uh, let's see. I think there's a couple of girls out there wondering who's going to die and who's going to take home the coveted prize as final girl. Yeah, this is the final round, and you know, I've got these little slips of paper with final girl names on them, and you two have been on the same slip of paper, but now ripped it in half. That was the sound of me ripping your team apart because only one of you can survive. Let's drop your names in the wheel of death and see what happens. Hi, 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 hi. Mm. 
British. Wow, that wheel really kept going. <laughs> All right, who's up first? That'd be nice if I had the final girl rhymes ready to go. Franklin, God damn it, you're supposed to have these ready. You know, he's in our good graces. He is just on the edge of getting fired. I mean, like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how to think of Franklin anymore. Good thing he's so damn lovable. He is. And, I mean, like, he makes me feel like Thanksgiving. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I feel like Thanksgiving. Like you want to unbutton your top button and fall asleep in a recliner? I mean, I'm just comfy cozy. He's, like, talking to him is like, you know, sitting in a, re a recliner next to a warm fire. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We spun the wheel. Whose name will come out first? It is... Belinda Screet. Uh oh, Belinda. Oh, Screet, 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 Screet. Okay, here we go. Belinda, this dance party is crazy. It's almost midnight. Ronnie wants your body. His crop top is so tight. You want him so bad. He's kind and he's cool. His Mustang is rad. He pulls out his tool. But no, it wouldn't be right if you fucked Ronnie this night. You say to Ronnie, I have to go home. You'll have to take care of your boner alone. You survive. You survive and are Belinda. our final girl. But that means one girl cannot make it. Let's see. Will Anita survive? We never know. All right, Anita. Anita number two pencil. Oh, it continues. All right, Anita. But Anita's no slouch and Ronnie's wiener beckons. And you're not above some sloppy seconds. Your friend went home and left Ronnie alone, so you run to him and nom nom on his bone. <laughs> <laughs> As the music bumps and the lights flash, a maniac with a scalpel gives you a gash. He slices and dices, he spills all your blood. Then you and Ronnie hit the floor with a thud. You are dead. Sorry, Anita. Oh, man. You made it a long way. I thought this might have been the week where we had two final girls, but alas, it is not. A lot of dead bodies here at Slasher Studios in Slasherville today, but Belinda, you did not die. You are our survivor, but your fight is not yet over. Get on Instagram. Let us know. Send us a direct message that says, hey, guys, I listened to the show. I am this week's final girl and uh, we will send you that mystery prize uh, mystery prize hey and to all you folks who died come back and play again we'd love to see you again we like repeat players and belinda congratulations on being the final girl yes congratulations thank you so much for playing thank you all for playing that uh it's uh you know it takes a lot to want to dive into this and and be brave enough to you know Go up against us. You never know, right? I mean, it's worth the shot, but when it doesn't work out, you die. So, brave people. Brave people. Brave. Uh, so now i got to tell you what uh, movie you will be watching for the next episode, Micah. This this may be my favorite part of the show, getting to find out what movie you're going to spring on me. What? I, of course, have no idea what the movie is. Alex will tell me a movie, and I've got to watch it no matter what it is. Alex. 
What have you picked for us? Well, uh, this is a movie that has long been one of my favorites for many, many reasons. Uh, originally brought home from a blockbuster video that I couldn't believe, believe had it when I found out who one of the stars of it was. I was like, oh, well, this movie's got to be hard to find. I would love to see it. And boom, Blockbuster had it. I brought it home. I really enjoyed it. This is 1980s Terror Train. Terror Train. Okay, cool. I know of this movie, but somehow I have never seen it. This has got Jamie Lee in it, right? It has Jamie Lee Curtis in it. And, of course, one of my favorites, David Copperfield. The Magician? The Magician. David Copperfield. You know I'm a Copperfield fan, and uh, so... Can he act? Well, he can do magic, and he does magic <laughs> in yeah. this movie. And I think you will enjoy this, and um, All right. maybe maybe we can find a way to watch the new one, too, and, and maybe a, in a segment three give our review of the new one as well. Who knows? All right, I don't all even right. know if we can There it, it is. Terror Train is next. Alex, Woo-hoo. this means we have made Woo-hoo. it to the end of the show. <sighs> Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us and listening to the show. And, uh, yeah, that bittersweet music is playing that tells us we survived. Congratulations, Belinda Screet, and good job to all those other potential final girls who ended up very, very dead this episode. Micah, congratulations to you. You made it to the end of this episode. You made it to the end as well. I did. I survived and so did you. We made it. I mean, mean, it's a big deal for the final girls, but they only have to go up against our unnamed killer, you know, once every two weeks, and that's a, a very select group of people. You and I are around this guy all the time. Yep. Yep. So yep. for us to have made it this far is really a testament to not how strong and brave we are, but how stupid we are and how uh, ineffectual he is at killing us. Yeah, really. I, I drink, you drink, I, you clearly smoke pot. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, plus you were telling me that story about the donkey show and I often call you a cunt. Oh, you do. You do. But you mean it as a term of endearment when you say it. Yeah, that's true. Well, Micah. Who's my little cunt? You're my favorite. <laughs> thank you for doing this show with me and everyone. Thank you for listening. Please find us on getslash.com. There you can find all the various little things we do, the articles we write. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you again in two weeks. All right. I love you, brother. Love you, man. You know why I think we're alive? Why is that? Still virgins. Ah, uh, you know that is probably it. Not by choice. No, 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 not by choice. I mean, I I thought marrying my wife would seal the deal, but not so far. Mm-hmm.